Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the IC Old People podcast. This is Dr. Bruce, your host. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to my world. I am uh, the ICI Old People podcast is an ongoing discussion of aging, uh, mostly focused on what it's like to become a senior, what it's like during those senior years. And I am a newly minted senior, 60 years old, uh, almost uh, 60 and a half years old. So I've been doing the podcast now for six months. People who follow me regularly uh, will know that I've been on the lam for the last uh, 10 days. I decided that uh, quarantine was enough for me. And uh, I left Norfolk County, beautiful Norfolk County, on the north shore of Lake Erie. Uh, it right now is in uh, pretty much full quarantine, and I decided that it was time for me to get away. I'd been pretty much locked up in the house uh, for quite a while, and uh, it was time. It was time to move on. So this this recording is not coming from our usual uh, storage closet studios in beautiful Norfolk County. I am in another absolutely beautiful place in the world. I've I've. Uh, come up to the uh, beautiful Lake Winnipeg in northern Manitoba. So uh, quite a bit difference. Lake Winnipeg is uh, one of the Great Lakes in a sense. It's not part of the grouping of Great Lakes down near Lake Erie, Lake Superior, and Lake um, Ontario and Erie. It is uh, up here in northern Manitoba, but it is the seventh largest freshwater lake in the world. An incredible majestic lake, turns on a dime, I got up here after many, many, many hours of driving. As you can recall, I was down at the Bruce Peninsula uh, near near Wyerton, Ontario, which is in central Ontario. Just to give you an idea of how big Ontario is. I left Wyerton and I started driving west. I drove west from Wyerton for... 13 straight hours. Oh, I mean, I took a break to get gas and grab a coffee, but pretty much 13 straight hours of driving, it would have looked, it looked exactly the same on both sides of the road the entire time. The beautiful boreal forest that covers most of Northern Canada, 13 hours, and I still was not at the Ontario border. I was still three hours from the Ontario, or the Ontario Manitoba border. So I stayed in Dryden uh, one night. So that drive then uh, from Dryden to here was another five hours. So from the time I left Norfolk County to getting up here, it probably was 25 hours of driving. And I only made it to the next province. So I'm about two and a half hours north of Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg is the major city in Manitoba. And uh, we're up here in the uh, boreal forest, although it has changed. When you get up this far north, the forest changes slightly. The trees are much more spindly and small. Even like 100-year-old trees are a quarter of the size they would be in southern Ontario. Uh, Because of the coldness, the wind, uh, the very, very short growing season here, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I am looking out the window right now at beautiful foliage. I am in a Kwanzaa hut. If you're not sure what a Kwanzaa hut is, it, it, it's a metal structure 
they're built for these types of situations because they come in pieces, in just large metal pieces. It's a large hooped-like structure, uh, very roomy, lots of room. Uh, unfortunately, there's no Wi-Fi up here, and I have no way of, um, of, I may not be able to send this. Although today is June 16th, 2020, uh, you may not be getting this uh, because I am, I am having to record this on my phone. So the sound might be quite a bit uh, different. Uh, I hope it isn't terrible. And uh, the, be, being able to send the file to, to Podbeam to get published uh, may not work. So although it is June 16th as I am recording this, you may not be hearing this until next week. So I'm up here and I'm feeling so, so much better. I had to go into a 14-day quarantine. It was man quarantine. It was mandatory uh, because I came from Ontario, especially I came from Southern Ontario, which is still in phase one of reopening. So coming to Manitoba, I had to go into a 14-day quarantine. I'm seven days into that quarantine now, and uh, I will spend another week in quarantine, and then I'll be able to... Uh, you know, go into the city, visit, do that type of thing. So it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a quite a trip. I've had a lot of fun along the way, although and although I've had a lot of heartache along the way too. So it's uh, it's one of those things that it's been a learning experience, and I've uh, I've certainly uh, don't regret uh, leaving Norfolk County. You know, I certainly miss my my family and I miss my dog, uh, but it. Uh, you know, it's just temporary. I'm just away for a bit and I'll be back soon enough. This experience out here has been very, very good for me. Uh, I was getting more and more stressed out about the news, the future, the whole problem that we are having right now in the world. Uh, the uncertainty of it all uh, was really, really working on me to the point where I was becoming extremely irritable. I uh, was fighting a lot with my wife. I, I was fighting a lot with my kids. And uh, life wasn't very fun anymore for me. So I decided that uh, because I am able and I, I, I can do it, I decided for my own mental health to take this trip. So I spent last week or part of last week in the beautiful Bruce Peninsula in central Ontario. And now I am in northern Manitoba. So although the drive was one heck of a drive, it was certainly worth it. To look out at this environment, the things that I've done for the last few days. For example, yesterday I saw a black bear, a beautiful black bear. Uh, it wasn't that far from us, maybe 50 meters. Uh, it stood up, it looked around, it went back on all fours, it stood up again, it looked around. It was magnificent to see that out in a field. Uh, I saw a deer, saw a bald eagle. Uh, so, you know, nature is so healing. The effect of nature on the body and on the mind is so healing. So I'm here in, in uh, Lake Winnipeg and enjoying every single minute of it. One of the things I'm curious about is, is the undergrowth here. It's amazing to see. It's that soft, cushiony kind of undergrowth. It's kind of built up from 
years and years and years of pine needles falling down onto the ground. So it's perfect for chipmunks and squirrels and things to be digging through. So there's always these little holes everywhere. And the ground is actually soft and spongy as you walk along it. It's a very unique forest. Now, I grew up in northern Ontario, so I'm used to the boreal forest. But I'm, I, northern Ontario is not as far north as I am now. Manitoba is north, basically north of most of Ontario. So I am in the true, in the true north now, and it is, uh, it is absolutely beautiful. So one thing I have not seen in, in my time here in Manitoba, has, I have not seen any other Ontario plates. So, I mean, this is a tourist area, so it would be full of Ontario plates at any other time. Uh, so it, it's kind of an eerie thing to see. And that, that is the reason that I am, I am following strictly the orders of the government to go into the quarantine, because I want to make sure that I am doing everything correctly and uh, that there won't be any issues. So uh, this quarantine, uh, I mean, if you're going to be quarantined, this is the place. I'm looking out on Lake Winnipeg. It looks like gla glass out there. It is so flat and so beautiful, and the sun is shining down brightly on it. Now, this is the kind of place where there's no humidity, so the, the heat doesn't kind of linger around. As soon as the sun goes down, it gets cold. As soon as the sun comes up, it gets hot. So it's a, it's a very neat environment to be in. I, uh, and I've been reading. I've been reading a lot more, and that's been great. I mean, for, for most of my life, I've run, most of my life, I've run two businesses, and those two businesses have taken up almost all of my time. So what would I read? Generally, I would read journals, uh, trade magazines, research papers, uh, a lot of news. That tends to be what I read. I very rarely read novels. So on the drive up here, I was listening to CBC Radio, uh, Eleanor Noctel, I think it's Eleanor Noctel. She has a show talking just about uh, literary. It's a literary show. And she had a guest on who was talking about Dickens, Charles Dickens. And the guest went on and on about uh, what she felt was Dickens' greatest novel, which is David Copperfield. So I decided, well, I'm going to read David Copperfield. I'm going, to, I'm going to take the time to do that because it's supposed to be this great literary classic. And I thought, well, why don't I read all, as many literary classics as I can? Okay? And I thought, this is, this is going to be my, my plan in reading. So when I got up here and realized just how isolated it was, there's no way I can actually get my hands on a copy of David Copperfield, not until I get back maybe into Winnipeg where I can go to the library or go to a, a well-stocked bookstore. So, But here at a camp, like at most camps in the north, people who come and go from these camps tend to leave, tend to leave books that they've read, you know, and the, so there's lots of pocketbooks around. If you've ever been to a northern camp, there's always a wall and a shelf somewhere with a bunch of pocketbooks on it. So I went and looked through the pile and I found uh, The Great Gatsby. Now, I don't know if The Great Gatsby is a classic, but it looked like it, it was a good starting point for me. And it is a very short book, so it didn't take me long. And I read it in one day. I'm so proud of myself for reading a novel in one day. But The Great Gatsby 
was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, story. And I look, I've never seen the movie, so I look forward to watching the movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, I'm, going to rec- I'm going to rent that or watch it on YouTube uh, the next time I have an opportunity. It won't be happening here because there's no Wi-Fi. But I certainly uh, uh, will be looking into that soon to, to see what the movie version of The Great Gatsby is like. So I finished The Great Gatsby, and then I found another classic. In fact, on the back of the book, it says, this may be the greatest novel of all time. And I thought, well, I want to read the classics. This is the greatest novel of all time. Then this is my next book, and it's Anna Karina by Tolstoy. I know nothing of the story at all, other than what I read on the back cover, that it was the greatest novel ever written. Uh, It's translated from Russian, uh, and it uh, I've started into it, and uh, it's wonderful. It's a it's Russia back in the uh, eight, late 1800s. I don't know where the story is going. It's starting out wonderfully. It hooked me from the first sentence. Uh, it is quite a tomb, though. It's quite large. Uh, I doubt I will finish it. It may be one of those pocketbooks that leaves the camp with me. And then, uh, you know, when I do finish it, I'll just, I'll just uh, post it back here. I'll mail it back to the, to, to the owner. So I've been blessed to be able to, to, well, I've been blessed that I'm able to afford to come here, that I have a vehicle that I could drive here in because you certainly couldn't fly. I have never driven uh, from southern Ontario to Manitoba ever. Uh, uh, I would fly here if I was to come here. I I, I went to university in Winnipeg, so I'm familiar with Winnipeg. Uh, But of course, that was in 1978. In 1977 to 79, I was here. So uh, Winnipeg isn't the same city that it was when uh, when I lived here. Uh, But it was, it's a I didn't go into Winnipeg at all this time. I bypassed it, of course, because I had to go into quarantine. So I'm up here in quarantine. And uh, once my quarantine is done, I'm going to go down and spend a little time in Winnipeg, maybe go back to the university, look around the campus, you know, have some reminiscing and all that type of thing. So that's kind of where my my plan is right now, is to read more. And uh, and I, what else I did? I went fishing yesterday. Can you believe it? went fishing and found out very, very quickly that uh, the rules are different in uh, Manitoba. Uh, the line wasn't in the water for, uh, for long at all when a couple of the park rangers walked up to us. And uh, the park rangers were uh, very, very nice, uh, very kind, like everybody is in Manitoba. I have never met so many nice people as, as you meet in Manitoba. It's amazing. Uh, even behind plexiglass shields, they're smiling and they are uh, happy, you know, because I had to stop for gas a number of times. I, I really never met people as friendly as the people in Manitoba. So what I learned about fishing in Manitoba, oh, and I caught a, a northern pike, which was kind of fun. It was catch and release. We, we let it go. Uh, but they have what's called a no barb policy here. So if you fish at all, you'll, you'll know, and I don't fish much, believe me, I am a complete novice when it comes to fishing. A complete novice when it comes to fishing. So, uh, but anyway, we're out there, we had a fishing pole and uh, casting the line, found out very quickly, we had to pull our line in, 
the the warden the, the looked at the line, saw the barb, and said, "Oh no, this is a big no no. No barbs in Lake Winnipeg." And a barb is when you have a hook. It's the little part that kind of points back downward, so that when the hook goes into the fish, when the fish grabs the hook, it can't come out again. It's stuck in there. You basically have to tear it out of the fish, which is really hard for me. It's one of the hardest things about fishing for me is, is that particular act of doing that. And I've, I've fished very, very few times in my life, so it's nothing that I'm going to, you know, I have no expertise whatsoever at this at all. But anyway... Uh, so she, and then the other thing that I learned was that you have to have your fishing license on you. It can't be in your car. You know, my fishing license was in my car and, uh, because, uh, because I am a senior, there's no cost for a fishing license, but you must have it on your person. So I broke two major rules. I had a barbed hook and I didn't have my li- my license on me. So she was a little mad that I had to, she had to wait while I walked to the car she said, that's the reason you're supposed to have it on you so that I don't have to stand here and wait for you. And the barb, she just took out her uh, multi-tool from her belt pack and she, uh, she basically cut the barbs off on the hooks. And uh, she said, you know, she was very, very kind. And she said, uh, these are two tickets that you could get right now. And they're significant tickets and um, fines, significant fines. And she didn't find me. She gave me as a warning. uh, And that was very, very kind as well. So like I said, the people that I have met up here in in northern Manitoba have been have been really amazing. So, uh, you know, we threw the fish back and uh, the northern pike is gone now. It did take a picture of it. It, It's funny, though, because uh, pulled it out of the water. And even without a barb, you know, you still have to kind of get your hand in there and so there was a a native fellow who wasn't far uh, down the dock and we called him over to help us so he kind of held the fish's mouth open while we worked the the hook out very gently so that it didn't hurt the fish the reason they have a no barb policy it was explained to me is that it they have a commercial fishery here in lake winnipeg so what happens with catch and release if it has a barb and you tear the mouth there's a lot more chance that even though you've released the fish that it's going to die once you put it back in the water because of this tear in its mouth. It's so cruel when I talk about it. Um, it's funny, I, I'm a meat eater. I understand where meat comes from. I love to eat fish, but still, it still is gross to me, this, the, the whole killing of the animal. So it's that, this, that disconnect that I think a lot of people have. So... Um, so the reason is that the, the, for the no barbs is so that the fish can be safely put, if it's a catch and release, the fish can be safely put back in the water and will continue to live. So that's, uh, that was two lessons that I learned. I saw some beautiful nature. Uh, it's, just, it's just been wonderful. I, I think this was the best thing I could have possibly have done. I'm feeling healthier mentally. Uh, and I, I just want to respond to some of the, I, I'm, I'm way too long today. I just want to respond to some of the uh, comments I had from some, from some of my listeners that were, were sad for me that I had lost my sobriety after a year and a half. 
And, uh, you know, we're kind of encouraging me to, to get back, you know, get back on the wagon, get back to that healthy feeling that you've had for so long. And, uh, yeah, I took that to heart. And listeners, I, I, I'm happy to say that I have been sober now for, for four days and uh, I'm going to continue on this path. Uh, the meetings, uh, AA meetings are open in Winnipeg. So when I get down to Winnipeg after the quarantine is done, I'm going to attend uh, some AA meetings. And then I'm going to come back to Norfolk County, a, a healthier man. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start that ticker again, you know, and uh, 450 days was, was a terrible thing to lose. But four days now is a great thing for me because I feel that I'm, I'm getting back on track. I'm getting back to where I want to be with clarity. And uh, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And uh, I'm going to keep you guys informed. I'm going to let you guys know uh, what's, what's going on with me. And like I said, you're, you're my support group now. You guys are going to help me get through this. Because if I want to live the next 30, 30 years, if I want to be healthy for the next 30 years, then I can't drink. It, it doesn't work for me. It can't be part of my life. And that's, that's what I'm declaring now to you is that I, I am back. I'm back on track and I'm going to continue on that track. I've gone way over the time. I usually like to do my podcast. Uh, just want, if you've listened to this point, thank you. I love you. It's just great that you spend some time with me. It's very therapeutic for me to do this podcast, even though I'm doing it on my phone right now. And I hope it gets, can be sent through because we have very, very little uh, data here. Uh, 3G and it's really intermittent. We're, we are so, so isolated up here. So it's been great. Uh, I'm not going to do a mistake of the week this week, although there has been a few, uh, because that is kind of part of where I was going with a lot of my negativity. I'm going to still continue with that concept, but uh, I'm going to let that go this week. I'm going to move it to next week. Next week, I'll be broadcasting, hopefully from Winnipeg with Wi-Fi, and it will sound a lot better, I hope. Although I have no idea if this sounds good or bad. So I'm just uh, thrilled to be able to do the podcast today, uh, especially from such a beautiful, beautiful environment. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate every one of you. And uh, we'll see you NT. We'll see you next Tuesday. Love you.